Oh, jeez. How many witches did you kill yesterday? Not enough. Not enough. Just right out the gate with the spirit of condemnation, with the big religious stick, just bop you on the head. Not good enough. Not good enough. Try harder. Maybe if you build more bricks with less straw, you can make a pyramid up to God in the sky. <laughs> you guys enjoy mocking the religious spirit? It's fun. You know, that's biblical. People are like, how dare you make fun of Christianity? I'm only making fun of the devil's Christianity. The Antichrist horror Babylon. Because it's biblical, and it's part of Elijah on Malkut. Elijah is Sandalphon in his transfigured form, and he is in New Earth already, and all the seven worlds that you'll ascend to as you grow in righteousness the next 20 years. And he was on Mount Carmel mocking the prophets of Baal, saying, Where is your Jesus? Maybe your Jesus is on a vacation. Maybe your Jesus is going to the bathroom. That's what it says. He was talking about your Elohim. Same word for Elijah's God was their word for their God. It's called Elohim in the Bible. Look it up. Elijah's God is Yadevave, but they also use Elohim for the fallen angels and for Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, both. So they'd literally invoke the same name oftentimes in sorcery as they would the prophets. The difference is when the prophet shows up with a personal relationship with the Holy Ghost, he obliterates them because he has an intimate relationship with the true Elohim. But even in the Old Testament, there were thousands of counterfeit Elohim. It became so common to have counterfeit Elohim that you'd have to distinguish whose Elohim by the name of the prophet, the God of Elijah. That's what the Bible says. The Elohim of Elijah, not the Elohim of Jezebel. That's exactly what it says. And they had to say, oh, it's the Elohim of Ezekiel, it's the Elohim of this prophet, that prophet, this judge, this priest, Ezekiel the priest, and all of these specific names. Then someone came on the scene, this was before those prophets, but understand, up until the time of Moses, God had only been called Elohim. And when God introduced himself to Moses, to prophets I speak in visions and dreams, but to my friend Moses, I speak face to face. And to his friend Moses, he introduced himself in a completely and totally different name. And it was not Elohim. All the sorcerers of Egypt were familiar with Elohim. And they had ensnared the covenant people with their knowledge of Elohim in the brick-building slavery system of Egypt so that the sorcerers had mastery over that name. Do you know that's exactly the truth anyhow? But when he came in a different name, in a different form, he came in the name of yad Hey vav Hey, I am that I am. Pharaoh hardened his heart at that name, it is written. The Bible says the reason why Pharaoh hardened his heart was because he did not know this name. He knew the name of Elohim. It's like, you know the name of Jesus. But do you know him in a resurrected, ruling king and lion form? 
or are you knowing him just in a familiar church Jesus on a screen, all so familiar with the God you barely know? The prophets today on Mount Zion on sapphire stones will reintroduce the name of God with so much power, it will be as if the Christians never even knew the name of God before. And it will be the same introduction of the new name that frustrated Satan and his sorcerers in the first exodus. There will be the introduction of the power of the name in this generation that will frustrate the Christian sorcerers, the Christian witches, and they also shall harden their hearts. You can soften your heart or harden your heart, but notice what the Bible says. The softening or the hardening depended on your ability to receive an unknown name. An unknown name. So you're all too familiar with a God you barely know. Now, the new name comes on a white stone. You could say the white stone is your brain, but there's seven layers of revelationary verse in the Bible. Yes, it's a new mind, a new mindset, but it's also the stones of the Sephirot. These are the sapphire stones, and why are they white? Why is this throne called White Throne Judgment Seat of Christ? <clears throat> Why? <clears throat> Loose! Oh, you know what would be nice? I saw a vision. Let's show him Akian's picture. They're white because of the glory. Look at this. You guys, check this out. White stones emitting Shekinah. Amen. They don't like that because it means their judgment has come. Mount Carmel. Dun, dun, dun. Elijah had a showdown at the pinnacle of Malkut with the red sorcery, black and white magic of the prophets of Baal. And so I want you to see at that mountain top there, Elijah standing, calling on the name of Yadhe Vavhe Seviat, Lord of Hosts, and that fire coming down through sapphire stones, Elijah's whirlwind. That same fire that came down and burned up the sacrifice. That's the same source of the same fire of God Most High that took Elijah up. And let's look at the sapphire chart, the one that has both sides with all the angel names on them. The regular sapphire. Yes. Now look at the bottom there. Malkut. The spirit of Elijah. You must learn to be obedient to the spirit of Elijah as you are making your exit from Black Malkut into Malkut of Holiness. When does it become Malkut of Holiness? When you're standing on the moon. Because you gather it with you. This is the gathering and the unification of sapphire stones within you. Your earthen vessel, also represented in Malkut, goes up with you when you go onto the moon. Malkut of holiness is when you're standing on the moon. Does that mean you're walking in perfect holiness 
Anywhere on the inside of you? No. But you're starting to walk in true righteousness and you're obedient to the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. How do you know you're obedient to God? You obeyed the spirit of Elijah. You learned to listen to the river of life streaming out of your belly. Your obedience to the river in the spirit of Elijah. John the Baptist, Elijah, Mount Carmel, that's how you go to the top. And from that mountaintop of Elijah, obedience to the spirit of Elijah, the river prophetics within you, Christ within you, the hope of realizing the glory. Drink the river, get in the river, how deep? And that carries you to the top. And that's where you'll have to overcome the prophets of Baal. Who are the prophets of Baal? The prophets of Jezebel. It's Jezebel and the prophets of Baal. That's the showdown and each one of you, as you go up, will have a showdown with the demonic on that level. Will it be the same level of opposition as those who've gone before you? No. But will it be that level of opposition that God is going to allow to take place in your life to test your heart to see if you'll be obedient to Him or if you'll go back to religion? What is religion? Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality and religion that is Jezebel and the prophets of Baal. It's one and the same. Mm -hmm. If you hate religion, but you have lust in your heart, you're religious, you're immoral. Repentance in the spirit of Elijah. What was the spirit of Elijah and John the Baptist? What, what was his message? Repent and change your ways. Repent, baptism of water. We get, get the baptism of water on the outside. We get the baptism of water on the inside too. How? Obedience to the river of life, the Holy Ghost. Obedience to the voice of the one in the wilderness saying, Prepare the way of the Lord. I am unworthy to tie or to remove the sandals from his feet. Sandalphon. How many times have we said, I'm unworthy to remove the sandals from his feet? Yet when I saw him in heaven, his majesty, Jesus Christ, what did he do? He placed sandals on my feet. How humble is our king? How opposite of the religious devils is his majesty, Jesus. Powerful humble, <laughs> glorious, oil of joy, fearsome, awesome in terror, in battle, when he wets his lightning sword, and every enemy trembles, demons flee, Darkness flies away at his light, the light of his coming, the brightness of his rising is the brightness of the rising of his spirit within you, the sun of righteousness. How? Follow John the Baptist, 
Obey the call to repentance. Obey the river of life within you. Come out of her, my people. Come out of Jezebel. Come out of the synagogues, out from the Pharisees and the Sadducees, out from your sinful lives, and be born again, born of water. And then he who comes after John, who is greater than he, will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. In your obedience to the river of life streaming from your belly, as you read the Word of God, what does it come out as rivers? <clears throat> Scriptures. They pour forth speech. The river of the Word of God. Not because you have the whole Bible memorized, but because, not because you have every chapter and number and verse that you can say, this is where it at, but simply like Jesus, he'll say, it is written. Written where? He's not just saying it's written in a book. He's saying that inscription inscribed within my person is emanating Shekinah right now. And that Holy Ghost is bringing to remembrance what he said. At that moment, it is written. It is written it is emanating Shekinah and Kavad by the engravings of the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How are you going to be baptized into a name? Immerse yourself in the waters in the sea of Shekinah. Sea to shining sea. Sapphire stone to sapphire stone. Mm -hmm. Gathering the earthen vessel into the baptism of the moon. What is that? The baptism of Shekinah. Do you want to be baptized in Shekinah glory light? Follow Elijah sandal on. Malkut to Malkut of Holiness, standing on the moon, baptized in the Shekinah waters. You want to be baptized in fire, water, in the spirit, and in fire? Go up into the sun. You'll be baptized in fire, in the sun of righteousness. Continually baptized in what? The name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit, baptized in the living waters, rivers of living water, John baptizing them in the river. Continuing on sapphire stone, baptized in the sea of Shekinah, and baptized in the Father's ocean. Waters that cannot be crossed. Baptized in the name of the Father. There's a stairway baptism. It's interesting when I started out with the lion's roar tonight, I preached until an orb of black smoke came and tried to suffocate me and choke me out. 
So we're confronting some stuff today, and God's going to obliterate it, but that was really interesting. Yeah. And they manifested over the sapphire stones, <laughs> as usual. Yeah. Whew, we got enemies in the heavens, y'all. And uh, this stuff works on uh, really black sapphires. And I saw this thing as it, as I started out. There was just that flow of the lion's roar, but then I felt the confrontation and the wrestling, and I saw the black orb emitting demonic smoke. And this is up in the second heaven, so we're like broadcasting down here on the earth. So it's in a completely different dimension, but I can see it in that dimension, and then it corresponds to this dimension, as above, so below it is written. So I was wrestling this thing, and it just came there, and it tried to put the smoke in my mouth. And we're dealing with all the smoke from the Canadian wild, uh, wildfires right now, too, but it's not related. This was totally second heaven's demonic smoke. So I'd like to set apart some time, an hour, where I can just roar and preach, like, loudly, like a lion's roar, because it, that thing really came to the surface through that lion preaching. And I don't think we can do that in this setting. It's for a different time, maybe in the penthouse as a different broadcast some other time. Rebecca's talking about the liquids of the baptism. God was speaking to me about Psalms 19.2, day after day, pours forth speech. Now, why does it say pour? How can you pour speech? Because it's liquid. Okay? So there's three things in the Bible that pour. Three things in Scripture that pour. Psalms 19.2, Psalms 59.7, and Proverbs 8.13. Okay? The first one is day after day, pours forth speech. So day pours speech, and night after night reveals knowledge. So there's a pouring and a revealing of the speech of day. Okay, what's one of Jesus Christ's names in the Bible? Day star, day star on high. You are the light of day. Um, when I'm with you, it is daylight, but night is coming, Jesus Christ said. Red letters. When I'm with you, it is daylight. That's what he said. When I'm with you, it is day. When you're with the bridegroom, you're in daylight. When you're not, whoo, you're in the night. So you're in the day. Day is being with yad heh vav -Heh. Day is being with yad heh vav -Heh. Now, this is just as much a name of God as it is a geography of God. The reason why Pharaoh and all his master class sorcerers of Balaam, whose eye was opened, who had knowledge of the celestial dimension of the Sephirot, of God's name stars in the second heavens, but he did not know that yad heh vav -Heh is master of all the rungs, even if they are fallen, even if they are under enemy occupation. Do you think the Creator can just forfeit huge portions of his creation, and then it's, oh, under fallen angel occupation, I guess creator lost. Guys, he can show up in the heavens and do whatever he wants with any star. And it's true. God is in the heavens and he does anything he wants. That's written in Psalms 105. God is in the heavens and does anything he wants. So what Balaam didn't understand and why he could not defeat Jacob, why he could not defeat Moses, why they could not defeat Israel, was because they had an understanding of the name 
and the geography. You've known the name of Jesus. You think the geography is throne room in your imagination. Now you're going to see it clearly as a stairway. No one has ever had dominion over the earth except through the stairway, which is Jacob's ladder. There is no inheritance for any Christian who's ever lived apart from Jacob. Where's that verse? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Galatians chapter 6, you are the Jacob of God. That's scripture. You are the Israel of God. We say, oh, it's just a nation. No, it's a man. Israel is a man. It's, it's speaking of you are now the covenant people engrafted in Jacob. Jacob, Israel. And if you are not, you don't have salvation or inheritance. It's that serious. It's not about just getting into Levitical law and just getting it, becoming a Jew and going to synagogue. None of that, guys. This is wisdom. This is the new covenant. The new covenant is so rich, we've barely touched the surface, y'all. It's about getting into Jacob. It's about getting into Israel. It's about getting in to his inheritance, Isaiah chapter 60. They shall tread upon the heights and eat the inheritance of Jacob. What is the inheritance? From the sapphire stones. From the heavens. From the stairway. What stairway? Jacob's stairway. How do we know that Jesus restored anyone who believes in that name to Jacob's ladder? Because we have read it to you this week. It is the exact same expression of Genesis 28 as Jesus Christ in John 1. You will see angels and ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And you will see Jacob's ladder ascending and descending Jacob's ladder. So what makes you a covenant people is the possibility of touching the rungs of the ladder of Israel. And if you are not touching those rungs in Messiah, for God's will, not your own, because what is Jezebel? Self-inspiration. She who calls herself a prophetess. What is horror Babylon? Self-inspiration. You know, you can self-inspire. What does it mean to be self-inspired? Using soul power to inspire yourself with the things of God. It's demonic activity. It's witchcraft. That's what most Christians do. Instead of discipleship, which actually costs you the self-nature, which is the animal, the mark of the beast, is self-nature, Instead of paying that price on the altar of fire before his throne, you inspire the self-nature, you inspire the animal. For the animal was given a voice to speak, and we say, oh, it must be uttering anti-Christ slogans. No, he's praising the Lord. He's quoting scripture on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Oh, yes, he's on Twitter, and he looks charismatic. He's probably got a great prophetic ministry. He's inspired. But what's the difference between self-inspiration, the whole false prophet of the one-third of the Antichrist of Revelation that you're at war against right now, versus the true Elijah company? Elijah company is burning the animal and is Holy Spirit dependent. That's why you can be up there on Mount Carmel 
with Elijah's sandal phone and just mock all this other stuff. Why? Because you've been tried in fire. And these are fake, phony hypocrites that don't even know the Spirit of God. They know about him from self-inspiration, but when the real person shows up, they're diminished. They're demolished. They burn up. They burn down. That's why it's water and fire. Why? It's water and fire on Mount Carmel. Because it's the pouring forth of the liquid of day that they don't have access to because they don't even know yad heh vav as friend. As friend. So we speak in dreams and visions, and I tell you the truth, every Jezebel false prophetic by the thousands you've encountered in your life is seeing dreams and seeing visions and has numerology charts and will give you prophetic words. They'll do it for free to look pious. They won't even charge like the obvious false prophets. They'll look so much like Elijah, they'll literally be on Elijah list. God blessed Elijah list. Yes, Bob Jones prophesied Elijah list. There's some really good stuff on there. Praise God. There's a whole bunch of garbage as well. Praise God. Good, bad, and the ugly. Why? Because you're dealing with a lot of stuff down here, and we don't have much wisdom. And we're going to sort it out by the great wisdom of the celestial realm as we learn to walk in the true prophetic. You know, the living waters that lift you up from the earth to the moon is walking in the true prophetic of Elijah Sandalphon. Elijah Sandalphon. Enoch Metatron. You will get to know the man and their angel. You will get to know the name and the manifestation. And you will get to pay a portion of the price of the power that they walk in. Now that's where you separate the men from the boys. I'm not willing to pay a price like Elijah Sandalphon. Well, you'll never get off the earth and you'll die in your animal form. I mean, how many times you go around the wilderness in the valley of the shadow of death until you're willing to sacrifice more? God has to break us before he take us. God has to break us before he takes us. Every time. And there's a greater brokenness, a greater humility required from glory to glory. The humility of last season will look like a small price compared to the humility of this season. And we say we don't pay a price. There's always a price. There's a price. There's a price for every door and every window. You know what it is? More of Him, less of you. Simple. It's more of Christ and less of you until Christ be formed in you. He is the doorkeeper. He is the window cleaner. He is the keys. He is the doors. I stand at the door. I hold the key. I'm turning the knob. I want to come into you. Song of Solomon 1 and 2. The issue is, once you allow him to confront the stuff in Song of Solomon 1, what happens in Song of Solomon 2? We're going fox hunting. There's stuff in us that hides from the master. All of us. And some more than others because some people really want to hide because they got to look a certain way. They present themselves a certain way. Oh, I'm around prophetic leadership. They can read my mail. They can see into the secrets of my heart. And that's true. 
There is some of that revealing, but it's only revealed for your good, never for condemnation. Condemnation of the darkness and the fox and the demon and the sin and even the bloodline curses, all of that will be cleansed and dealt with by Shekinah fire of the word of God. For the heavens pour forth speech in liquid form. Why? In the washing of the water of the word. And it is the wash basin of the word of God that makes you clean just one time only. No! Daily! You know, Jewish sages would keep water by their beds and wash their hands right when they wake up in the morning. There is a wash basin representing Solomon's temple. Like there is a whole wisdom with all the Old Testament fulfilled in modern day Judaism. Not a lot of Jews walk in it, but there is a accurate mystical interpretation that can be gleaned from in great wisdom in Christianity of the bloodline of Jesus. And the wisdom of the wash basin is huge of staying clean because a real sage, a real mystic, a real disciple of the Holy Ghost, which is a supernatural being, will leave their body every time they go to sleep. They will travel places every time they sleep. Your spirit is doing something in the heavens because you are a heavenly being and you are an earthly being. God breathes the heavens into you and there's a heavenly part. All seven heavens and all seven days are involved in the creation of Adam and Eve. You don't get day seven without day six. You don't get day six without day five. And you don't get day five without day four. And I like day four a lot because that's the stairway. It's called the stars, the sun and the moon and the stars. You need it. And it's all involved in you right now. And as you learn it and it's imparted into you, the counterfeit burns up in you and the demonic drooling, the slothfulness, There's almost like a vagrant spirit, a lazy, slothful spirit that works in the brain and dumbs it down. So a person starts drooling out the side of their face in a false ecstasy when you bring forth this level of Shekinah. I can see it right now. That's what God showed me in a vision. There's a people that don't understand the razor sharpness of the Shekinah God. They have an idea in their brain what they think perfection is. And I want to tell you right now, you're dead wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And that's nonsense. And it's not the nonsense angel. It's goofball city that needs to be burnt up in your animal nefesh brain. There needs to be a strict seriousness, a reverent fear and awe of the Lord. There needs to be a strict reverent Fear and awe of the Lord. That's written in the Word. You know it's true. We kind of skip over those verses because, oh, we're in the wine cellar. Listen, man, you are not the wine cellar angel. You are a son and daughter of God, which means he will train you in thousands of realms. If you get stuck in one realm, God considers that backslidden. Backslidden. If you get comfortable in one realm of God and refuse every other realm of God, guess what happens? You forfeit your destiny. You say, I am no longer growing into the new, into the higher, into the more mature. I'm good at this level. Jesus Christ said, no, you're not. 
you've turned back and refused to grow in areas that I sow. You refuse to grow in new areas where I sow. So the ox of God is always threshing, looking for fresh soil of your spirit, the spirit in your heart, the spirit in your mind, it is written. Have the spirit in your mind as Jesus Christ. So the Bible teaches there's a spirit in your mind. And the white dove resting on your shoulder, a spirit in your shoulder. You say it's the same Holy Spirit? No, it's actually a different realm of God. A body of Christ is many different parts, many different realms. All different. That's what the Bible says. And there's evidence there in his angels. What names do angels have? The names of God. What name does Raphael have? Where did he get that name? What does Raphael mean? God my medicine. The Lord my healer. Raphael. Now, that's not because Raphael has anything of his own. It is. I have a prescription I have a prescription. For this. It's Jehovah medical research. Rafa. Jehovah Wana Jeho- from Raphael. Jehovah Rafa strain of Jehovah Wana is now legal in Minnesota. Mm. Summer of 2023. Amen. Yep. Jehovah Rapha. And that that counterfeit. Oh, it turned green right on that too. Amen. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Thank you. I love Raphael. Yeah, you know, even the stricter. I remember when the angel of the fear of the Lord came to me when I was living at the beach house in like 2007 or 8 or something in St. Paul. And I was in a really sanctified time of prayer and fasting. And this angel came into the room. I saw the beaming, glowing angel. My blood started to curdle. I saw my veins and my arm go back and forth, and I was in the blood-curdling terror of God. I'm still to this day not sure what angel it is. It might have been Gabriel, it might have been Uriel. I honestly, I've never encountered a more powerful being in my entire life. I believe it was Jesus Christ. I believe he was revealing the fear of the Lord to me. Why? Because I'm telling you, man, there is so much goofy crap in the glory stream. There is so much goofball nonsense that if I didn't get introduced into some of those realms, I could have never grown in Christ. The demon spirit of Babylon wants to peg you in a certain aspect of God so you don't have the full aspect of God. Mm-hmm. That's If you don't have the full aspect of God, you, can't <laughs> co- you cannot conquer the Sephiroth. Let's look at that um, well, world's chart again, the, the one that's divided into... Okay. The black and white one. The regular one. Okay. So, here's the thing. Each one of these uh, sapphire stones, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. Every stone you, you go through, you get the circumcision, and it unveils what? Christ living in you. Without the foreskin, without your flesh, without your fallen Adamic nature. So what are the what are these angels? They're aspects <laughs> of God. They all carry names of God. The angels exist to represent the nature and the character of God. That's why there's so many angels. God in his infinite being cannot be just simply comprehended by a fallen creature. This is your path to get to know him. Your encounter with the angels (laughs) 
tells you about who God is. <laughs> now, you have many sides of your personality, but how many of you have been to your workplace and they know one personality or your workplace? You're, that's your work time, maybe you're serious, maybe you're the funny employee, maybe you're the, you know, whatever employee, the one who's messing around, maybe you're the one who's known for always being on time. Maybe you're the one who's known for always being late. Right? You don't want to be that. They got you figured out. Early is on time. On time is late. Okay? So you want to be early to work. You know your animal nature. It Plan ahead of time. Now you're in a cage. Yes. Black sun is the enemy. So we want to make sure we're early to work. Early is on time. Plan to be there. Well, I don't want to be uncomfortable at my work. Plan to be there early. It's really good. You'll have a lot of favor. And it, it's just really good refinement. Punk, so, punctual, punctual or get punched out <laughs> amen <laughs> all right <laughs> hallelujah that's really good so each like one zuckerberg is, and musk there's actually fire coming out in that so look at these orbs i was seeing angel orbs in the house today oh yeah we had a gold gold flake Angel sparkles, angel flashes, angel orbs, and that was while Shadrach was preaching against the celebrities and all the stolen Shekinah, mm. the stolen grace that they steal from the believers. And there was just angel orbs floating all around like crazy. I saw them. We were both watching live at different locations. Yeah. The angels were all manifesting around the screen during Shadrach's live today, we both saw the same yeah, thing crazy. at the, <laughs> at the it, same yeah, time in different it, places. So that was really powerful. So it reminds me of these angel orbs, you know, these angel orbs, angel orb glory. <laughs> oh, gold, gold flake, angel flashes, angel sparkles, angel orbs. Those are angels of Elijah's sandal fun. Yeah. Okay, let's look at that picture one more time. I want Because I want to show, I want to drive home that point so everyone can understand, you know, what Brandon's trying to tell you tonight about the different aspects of the Father. Now, we've talked about this before on Joel's Bar. If nonsense came in and came around to the glory stream, oh, everybody would love nonsense, right? Funny. Some people might well, be irritated. Well, not the freaking Pharisees. Not the Pharisees. They would hate him. That's for darn tootin'. So, it's got, why is it going to be beneficial for someone who has that pharisaical nature to meet the angel of nonsense? Because it'll irritate them. So, what angels are going to be beneficial to you? Those are the ones that are going to irritate you, right? The angels that irritate you the most will benefit you the most. Mm. Yeah, the That's... serious punctual angels. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, let release the with serious their little pocket punctual... protectors. Yes, with their pocket protectors. Wait, so here's the thing. Holy Ghost Pharisee angels. <laughs> yeah, the Pharisee of I... Pharisee of Pharisees. Uh, yeah. Paul Angel. Jesus might show up as a Pharisee sometime to you. The, a scribe of the Torah. Yeah. A Torah scribe. Now, these sapphire stones here. Why the enemy wants you to backslide by being stagnant in one manifestation? Why would the enemy plan that for your life? First of all... Because Satan is a liar. That's right. He is a liar. Why would they plan that? Now, think think like a devil for a minute. I know you can do it. I know you guys. I know you guys. Yeah, just, I know you guys. It comes naturally. Just be yourself. <laughs> just be yourself. Just be a fish. <laughs> All right. Well, when you go up, your serpent levels up. So these sapphire stones here, going from the very bottom, you're going to have to outwit some rocks. All right? Yep. 
Oh, smart. and then smart as a rock. You're gonna have to be smarter than the vegetable level demons. That's Cabbage that's Patch that's is a demon. I knew it. That's asking <laughs> a lot. Creepy ass baby toys. I hate cabbage patch. <laughs> it's, it's not lettuce, it's the tip of an iceberg. But let us return to that picture. <laughs> because I want you guys to get this. So what Brandon said is if you continue in just one aspect of like, let's say, drunken glory, this or that or the other, or, you know, you're good at giving love and affection to people and that's proof that you love God because you're so nice nice people that that'll get you killed real fast going up in the cosmos that'll get you killed real fast yeah like a gift of hospitality for demons <laughs> yeah. that's, that's extremely accurate and prophetic thank you so but look at that if you're good the, what's the most dangerous part does anyone remember uh what the most dangerous part uranus of this journey is from watching Joel's bar historically whether you do it in righteousness or you do it in wickedness as a warlock to, uh, raise your hand if you remember which which part of this journey in moving across sapphire stones is the most dangerous does anyone remember uh stephanie yeah yeah that's right she got good job we got a good steering class right here all right nice you guys have been studying that most dangerous part now look at the angel that's listed there can you guys say the angel name out loud? Uriel. Yeah. He is the most cold-looking, stone-faced, like, stone-cold, almost murderer-looking. Like, if an angel could have a murderer-looking, he's not a murderer. He executes the will of God. He will kill demons. He has killed people. But that stone-cold... I mean, you know, the Queen's Guard is nothing. We can go off of that now. Stone Cold Uriel Ministries. Yeah. Now, I want you guys to understand something about this. He represents an aspect of the Father. You cannot reject an angel that's holy, because if you reject that angel, you're rejecting that aspect of God that created that angel. Yep. And here's the thing. If you reject that stone coldness because you're afraid of going back into being a Pharisee, black, that's way down on Black Malkut. Or black high-level Pharisee is like Black Moon Gamaliel, right? Mm. That's where that is. That's why it has such a high dominion even over the Jezebel's Tower, right? Which is why the Saul to Paul conversion was so powerful because he studied under Gamaliel, which wasn't just a person then. That was a principality associated with that person just like Jezebel is a principality. Yes, there was a person with that name, but that represents a principality. Mm. So Saul studied under the principality of the black moon of Gamaliel. So his conversion was very powerful because he's immediately coming from redeeming the levels that he was at in, you know, that sorcery of uh, black Yassad, basically. So that's why it's extremely He absolutely murder. had understanding of religious sorcery because you see him confronting it mm -hmm. and demolishing it in his apostolic ministry in Acts. He's bringing... Mm -hmm black clouds upon the warlock a few times in the Bible. You will be blind for a time, it is written. And black mist surrounded him. How did he learn how to do that? Because he got forgiven of those rungs of the fallen angels and now he stood there in Christ to confront the counterfeit that was in those heights. Amen. So if you guys want to survive, 
the most dangerous part of the journey and it's usually going to be the most dangerous in the first tree because at that point you have the least amount of sanctification but there's a lot of grace for that it's going to be leaning on christ and not what you have you have christ so leaning on him and not your own ability so what angel along with the nature of that angel are you going to have to receive to make the most dangerous part of that jump what's the name uriel. that's right uriel mm. so from Hesed to bina yep now it's not going to be as difficult for you as it was for the the first person of the generation going and clearing that path as we go and clear it those different things get cleared and cleaned out that's when you have more flesh and blood believers living on the earth not died and go, gone to heaven flesh and blood in the earth who serve god it's so interesting um the cloud of witnesses can't inherit anything in second heavens or first heaven without a temple which really is if you want to be accurate a host body so it's our responsibility to become god's aspects through ascension he's not doing it just from above that's totally unbiblical the only way it happens above is if you go above he's given the second heavens and the earth to men and women so if you are not that man and woman finding the secret stairway of the sky and jacob's ladder guaranteed over every city and nation the sorcerer is because they're being trained by Balaam's for thousands of years and those fallen angels are so serious about keeping their dominion over the earth but if you are more serious about taking their dominion from them by Christ's dominion all dominion belongs to Christ do you know he already has it where does he already have it in the deposit in your spirit if you rise in what he shared with you <clears throat> Christ does not have dominion apart from his body because he is not ruling the heavens as almighty god he's waiting for you and i to rise in his almighty god nature that's exactly how it is so you can't blame god or jesus for the abortions for pol pot for adolf hitler for mussolini for stalin killing a million people like the only reason why that stuff happens is because the second heavens are not conquered by Jesus Christ people yet. It's absolutely true. And so he said antichrist will come, be wars and rumors of wars, but then the time of the end will come. Now the time of the end is simply a people that have taken the deposit of his spirit, his blood and his word and his water and have risen in his secret stairway to have his nature in the heavens on the rungs of Jacob's ladder and to rule over the earth. Then the fallen angels have no possible way of dominion or authority over nations. Nothing of sorcery works. In fact, all it takes is us rising on those rungs mm -hmm. and the demonic and the sorcery and the magic arts is automatically consumed. Automatically consumed. As you ascend in his nature, each elevation is more of him. That's what glory to glory is it's god and more of god each degree of glory in the ladder in the rung on the planet the planets are the rungs of jacob's ladder 
Mm -hmm. Amen. Can we look at that picture one time? This is really good today. <laughs> we are learning so much. Now, this is really beautiful. The, the fear of God and the love of God. That's kind of a theme on the Sephirot. The fear of God, it's kind of more associated with the left and on the right, you know, the love of God. So you have the fear and the love. You want to be balanced. If you're just, oh, just terrified all the time, you're never going to do anything. If you're just, oh, everything, God just loves me. He's just going to give me everything. And there's just no discipline, no obedience. You're not a servant of God. So you have to have that balance, which is understanding who God is. So how do we learn that? We learn from the angels. We learn from the en engravings in the sapphire stones. Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time and activity, which means manifestation of celestial emanation for everything under the sun, which means manifesting the heavens, the left side, the center, or the right, under the sun in times and seasons, sons of Issachar. Amen. Yeah, cosmic uh, Issachar anointing to know what sapphire stone you're on and what to do when you get there. What season are you in? The seasons and the days go fast. Now, there are ages associated with times and, and wilderness seasons here on these stones. Uh, but time, I mean, one of the aspects of the Sephirot are the decades. These are times. So you're literally advancing through time as you go up. Mm-hmm. Especially when you hit through the sun, because the, you know, the the lights, the luminaries, the, the stars, government, the times and seasons. Government a day. Oh, yeah. So, look at at this chart. Each and every one of you that are going up, you're going to have to deal with the good, the bad, and the ugly on every single one of these sapphire stones. So look closely. If there's any one of these aspects of God that you reject, unknowingly or knowingly, you're gonna have a hard time. You don't want to be stuck out here trying to understand why you can't advance to the next one or why the transfiguration in the sun isn't happening, why this isn't happening. You know, patience, patience, patience. Patience, yes, and understanding. Understand the times. When you go cosmic, understand the sephirotic decades that you're walking through. Each world is different. Each rung is different. Each sapphire stone is different. And it takes great wisdom to understand what time you're in. When you go to the next one, why does everything in the world change around you as we go up? Every time Brandon and I go up another rung, I hear and see multiple reports of our people who are learning righteousness, <laughs> experiencing different personality, like a truer, more beautiful personality came forth in them. Some breakthrough, something that they've never experienced before and that's every time anyone goes up, any time I hear about anyone going up, something changes for everyone who's aligned in the body of Christ, who has submitted to the apostolic authority of cosmic righteousness in Red Letter Ministries. And that's happened every time. That's good. Thank you. Recently, and I was ascending into a new world and getting established on the higher rung of Jacob's ladder. And when I reached Yasad of this world, <laughs> everything in my peripheral was glowing with light. Now, I was outside 
going inside and, you know, so I'm experiencing all kinds of different stuff in the natural. I have an outdoor setting, I have an indoor setting. These are areas I'm very familiar with. But the light was so bright, it was as if I had never used my eyes before. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. It was like I was astonished by what I was seeing with new senses. So the greater Shekinah, the glory to glory, will always be an astonishment of senses or there's no ascension. If it's just familiar and it's like, oh, I really gained a lot and look at me, I've gone up, I'm maturing, I stand on Bina now, I'm really kicked the devil in the face of her dot and I'm just like Uriel. Listen, man. <laughs> Here's the real actual test. Jesus Christ said you'll know them by their fruit. What's fruit? Shekinah. Is Shekinah increased through your eyes, ears, nose, mouth, and touch gates? If not, you did not rise. You're just rising in delusion. You're rising in delusion and false mysticism. You're rising in pride. You need to grow in accuracy. Oh, yeah, that's how they picked off that whole group of Christians, the Ascension people. Oh, yeah. They, they did not measure the Shekinah. And they didn't know about sapphire stones either. <laughs> oh, they didn't even know about the sapphire stones? No, there was no teaching on sapphire stones. That's shocking. Yep. No, it was just go up with your imagination. Ooh, dangerous. No, this has not been taught in Christianity before. It's been that? mentioned in extreme times. I've been around the glory stream for 17 years and in the pinnacle of the manifestations of the Shekinah around the established prophets and apostles of the glory stream. Bob Jones, Bobby Connor, Joshua Mills, uh, David Hogan, uh, many Heidi Baker, all those people, glory stream ministers, in the height of that, there'd be mentions of the wine, there'd be mentions of the sapphire stones. They'd start... Uh, singing about it, but there was never, I'm telling you now, never in decades, accurate teaching on it. RLM is the first glory stream ministry, it's true, it's accurate, to begin teaching on these realms from experience and not just, I know it exists, but from actual experience, no other ministry has ever taught this, I believe, in the history of of Christianity. I believe that's why we were so attacked to get here yeah. because just like we've established these things are sovereign gifts inside men and women. And if the men and women get sanctified, the gifts come to the surface. And our gift is righteousness. Our gift is sapphire stones. Our gift is sonship. Our gift is the conquering of death in the second heavens. Yeah, what did Bob Jones say about David's harp? Didn't you say he said that it was given? Yeah. When he was speaking or something. There was like many celestial gifts that were already gone from the mystic realm. Bob Jones called the second heavens the mystic realm. Okay. He's, he often say, you're not mature enough to go up there. But there will be a people that will live on the stars. One of his last broadcasts with Rick Joyner on Morningstar TV on God TV, Bob prophesied that my generation was the Stone Age. Your generation is going to the stars. What are the stars? Now let's zoom in. We need to zoom in. There they are. Magnifying glass. That's the best part. What are the stars? There they are. 
Moon, Hod, autocorrect on Facebook when I type God for the last 10 years, it changes it to Hod all the time. <laughs> and now I'm not even offended by it. Amen. My Hod, which is my left leg, has been vibrating like lightning for three Come days. On. For three days, and my left leg has felt like lightning <laughs> bolts because of Mercury Hod of the world of Absolute. Nice. Now, those planetary powers that represent the sapphire <laughs> stones, as you've learned in the master class, which if you haven't gotten the chance to take it yet, their links are in the description below. It's free. It's on YouTube. You should definitely check it out if you want to learn more about these realms and how you can rise. This is Akiana, age 12, showing you the Jacob's Ladder, which is the hope of the resurrection that millions of believers would ascend through the liquid glory by purifying their spirit, which is underneath that stairway. Notice the stairway, and it begins above the clouds. I want you to look at that. The stairway is above the clouds. Okay? That's accurate. Because under the clouds, it's all liquid. It's all the river. It's all Elijah Sandalfon River. That is the purification of your spirit to get up to that first rung that's shown right there at the bottom of the stairs, Yasad the moon, which is symbolized by Joseph's purity, which is conquering Jezebel. So those liquids that come down that Jacob's ladder stairway, you're the Israel of God, so you have access to Jacob's ladder. The river of life flows down from the throne of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, through Jacob's ladder to the earth. Absolute truth. And you are the Israel of God if you are receiving the living water through Jacob's ladder. So the moon is the last rung that releases the water into the earth. So now on the earth you receive that living water through Yasad, and it must purify your heart in the world of Asiah. It must wash your spirit clean from all sexual morality and all idolatry of every kind. You have to be perfect in spirit. It's not optional. The Bible says be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And we're like, I can't. Well, he's not talking about a perfect animal. He's talking about a perfect living water that he's given you from above. Now just simply keep it pure in your spirit. That's not too hard, guys. It's just like, stop sinning. You know, he gives you perfection. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. It comes down through that ladder, Jacob's ladder, Israel's ladder. It comes down through the planets. It comes down through the stars. It comes down through the Sephirot, and it comes down into you. The evidence that you are tapping into that is speaking in tongues. That you have received the Ruah from Yasad, from Jacob's ladder, that you are now the Israel of God, is the speaking in tongues. Now, go up in the tongues of fire. You are commanded to go up in tongues of fire. As it's written of Enoch, he went up in the tongues of fire, and from the tongues of fire he went up into the flames of fire. If you are speaking in tongues in the wilderness, wandering around the earth, you are not using tongues for what God gave it for. Tongues of fire are to go up into flames of fire. I purify my spirit, praying always in the Holy Spirit. I ascend in my spirit by praying in the Spirit. In Jude, it is written. So the purification of your spirit is absolutely connected to the circumcision of your spirit 
with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Yeah, the gifts of the Spirit, like speaking in tongues, those are the gardening tools to make you more fruitful. What is fruit? Let's look at the picture again. I'll show you A guys. A pruning it. hook. Let's look at that picture again. This fruit, one? yeah, fruit is the sapphire stones. It's to make you fruitful. This is the tree of life. Jesus Christ, 33 degree olive tree of life. The fruit grows on the tree of life. It's not in the little seed, not even yet grown up into a little sprout. One little leaf, one leaf. I got a leaf! I got a leaf! Rejoice in that leaf. First leaf! The healing of my one nation. Leaf one leaf ministries. I can heal part of myself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a friend. Maybe a dog or a cat. <laughs> it's good. The fruit is when it goes up and it grows up and it's like fruit hanging on the tree. This makes, look, well, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? The sapphire stones are the fruit. So if it's not sapphire All stone fruit. fruit is in Shekinah and there is no fruit outside Shekinah. So if you're on black Malkut or if you are just the dead seed, basically the seed of the deposit of the word of God, the Holy Spirit is put within you and you haven't done anything with it yet. You just buried it like a talent in the ground. That one that you thought you had will be taken away from you. Just type in the comments, get with it, you fruitless thorn bush. Amen, thank you. You heard the man of God. Type in the comments. Get with it, you fruitless thorn bush. Get with it, you fruitless Hallelujah. thorn bush. Hallelujah. Amen, because even the appearance Scourging. of good, you can teach on Hased, you can teach on Netza, you can teach on the spirit of Hakma and Bina. But if you're not actually going up sapphire stones, you don't have fruit. You don't have fruit ministries. What kind of fruit is it? It's probably, you know, some... Tutti fruity. It's probably some kind of a vegetable that everyone thinks is a fruit. Which is that vegetable The cauliflower level. of black yasad. <laughs> Nasty. Yeah. Real nasty. With the coconut crabs. Oh, God. So, it's probably vegetable-level demons. And what do we know about vegetable-level demons? Passions, nasty. less. Passions, less. Oh, it's, if it's my fruit of love, but you're not circumcised on Yasad or Netza or Hakma or has said, if you're not circumcised and standing in the second heavens on that rung, you don't have that fruit. You most likely just have some vegetable demons that look like fruit. This is a fruit. No, that's a vegetable and it's a demon. <laughs> I knew what vegetables are demons. I tell you what, I did not want to finish my broccoli today, but I made myself eat as much of it as I could. Hallelujah, praise God. Give me strength. Just pray for her discipline. A broccoli it's not that it was a broccoli bad. scourging it was really is mostly coming. It, it was good broccoli. I just, I already had my delicious steak part. Of the God meal. did not create broccoli in His image. You've had enough broccoli. You've had enough broccoli. Hallelujah! He's keeping me alive. Better repent to the pizza. Milk and honey. Milk I, and honey, because. I, each stone, this promised land realities, each stone is a release of promised land milk and honey. 
So as you go up, you do get sweeter. I did have milk and honey today, and uh, mm. my matcha latte, <laughs> milk and honey, start singing the Ruth Heflin songs, and then more remind, honey, <laughs> and then remind yourself, no bitter mango. No bitterness. No bit. Go ahead and oh. type in the comment section. No, no bitter mangoes. No bitterness. No bitter mangoes. No jealousy. Amen. No, no envy and no strife. You are at war against your own sins and stop blaming others. And what are your sins? Let's look at the picture one more time. This is the extent of your sin. It's 6,000 years of Adam right in your heart. Fast it out. So, this also represents what fell in the fall of Adam. Because they were made in the image of God with this this type of a setup of sapphire stones. But why doesn't it look like perfect Jesus, sapphire stones, inside of us? Because of the fall of Adam and Eve. So, the measure of your sin, you can talk about getting the sin out and getting sanctified and that all sounds great, and we, we hear that, and we say, yes, yes, yes. But what is it actually? Simply, is very simple. This is not a complicated gospel. The cosmic gospel is very simple. It's deep. It's eternal. It's eternity of eternities, but it's very simple. It takes all the woo-woo, complicated, charismatic, how I feel about, oh, but I just, I felt like I was getting sanctified and pressing in. Look, the extent of your sin you see the picture on the right? All of those going up to the seventh? On the right hand side, all those separate, like the whole ladder? Where are you at the very bottom? How much is your sin? All of those black orbs on top of you. That's your sin. Mm, so true. And then when you go up, guess what? That's a little less sin and a little more righteousness. Sin is measured a little in more degrees. Purity. Darkness and light degrees. Yep. So let's say you make it into the sun of righteousness in Isaiah. The bottom one, which is where everyone's starting right now, and you're not in the sun yet, most of you. One of you are. Dark but lovely. Yep. That's all I got to so, say. So, the extent, how much sin, how much circumcision do you need? Just simp just look up. When uh, Charlie, what's his name? Charlie Robinson. Mm -hmm. uh, some uh, glory preacher, he had an experience of getting raptured into the seventh heavens. Then he had this experience when he came back that he could see the sins written over everyone's head. And he was shocked because neither he or anyone else that he knew, he was afraid to even mention them because no, he knew that nobody in all the church, nobody of all the great, and he'd met all the great ministers of the glory stream. None of them, if he mentioned it, would even believe that that was a sin. What does that tell you? What is this going to look like? You're going to have to be more rigid, more into the fun and the freedom and the rigidity, both. Not choose picking and choosing what parts of God you want to accept or not, but accepting all that he is, all that he is, everything of Christ, his holy angels, all the aspects of God. Mm. Balanced. And so as you go up, the more that are circumcised, once they're circumcised, and then that's flowing Shekinah, when you hit Keter of Isaiah, that lightning comes down, and it's a whole lightning ephod, like in a picture we'll show you in just a minute. But as you go up, that Shekinah starts to work for you. It gets easier. 
That's the first level of getting iniquity out of your spirit. So the wickedness comes out of your spirit and Keter of Isaiah. What do you do until then? Stay in the parts of you in your spirit. Mm. Learn to obey and follow the Holy Spirit. Don't go by what you think, what you feel. And that's tested in every level as you go up. Who are you going to listen to? And the higher you go up, everything below you, as you've circumcised each one faithfully, God's confirmed it with signs and wonders each step along the way. Those parts of you are no longer sin. Everything above you that you haven't conquered yet within yourself is sin. That's why you pray for the leadership, pray for your company, pray for each other. In the men's group, men, pray for each other. In the women's group, I know you're praying for each other. Continue to pray and forgive sins. So, because everyone has sin, all have fallen short of the glory, and no one's made it all the way up so far to the top, which means that's mm -hmm. the extent that Satan has within you is how many of these have not yet been conquered. Jesus said, Satan's coming, but he's got nothing in me. Why? He went all the way up. He went up Jacob's ladder. He is a son of Israel, lion of Judah. Isn't that wild? And now I want you to understand this. Some of you already do, but get this picture in your head. When you go from Malkut to Keter of Isaiah, when you go up the lightning path and then God meets you halfway, then that lightning comes down on the other side of it and the full thing becomes lightning and it becomes like a current mm. of electricity. It's unbroken. Unbroken current of Shekinah, which means instead of just one lone lightning path, you know, the kingdom and the power, the glory forever and ever, amen. You guys know the path. Memorize it goes Malkut to Yasad and then to Had, Netza, into the sun, and so on. Once that's conquered, <coughs> you can go back through with your consciousness and gather wisdom from every single one of those stones. And let's see the, do we have the ephod, the four of them side by side with lightning? That's the sapphire video. Yes. This is what they begin to look like. It looks, a conquered world. This is what a conquered world looks like within you. And so as you go to the next world of Yetzirah, mm. you have that full lightning ephod of the priesthood with all the gemstones fully completed and bathed in lightning with tifret and bloom as a rose. You have the red rose. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Tiferet, the sun, fire rose. That's the six around the sun. The white rose is when you get to Keter. That's the white, that's the realm of the white rose, which is stillness. So I encourage you, don't throw away stillness. Don't think, oh, I, that, that crap's for the sissies. I'm a warrior. You don't throw away any of the things that you learn. You just learn what season you're in and what you need to do. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. You learn the tools, but you don't go based off of your wisdom of your experience. You go off of what the Holy Spirit tells the Holy Spirit tells you what to do in that moment using what you've learned from the Holy Spirit. So it's always his will, his ways and not our ways. That'll keep you out of trouble. Now, let's say you're on the Saya on the left-hand side and you've completed it. What you do is that the next morning, usually this is how it works, the very next morning you wake up and you find yourself that, that what was Keter 
of the last one, now you're automatically standing on Malkut of Yet Now, Yetzir, as we know, there's four layers, and each one you go through the whole thing mm-hmm. four times. So when you wake up the next morning, uh, let's go to the big one, long where that has all seven, that we, the new world's chart. So let's say now you know what Asaya, let's say you've completed Asaya and it's completely charged with lightning, just like that one we saw. But the ones above you, they're not. They're not like that. It's just that one lone path of lightning that Jesus established mm. and made a way since before the beginning of time. That's how Enoch walked in it. It is finished. His cosmic passion was finished. Then he came and did it in the flesh. Otherwise, nobody would have gotten it. Okay? Maybe like one person, probably Enoch would have gotten it. Elijah would have gotten it. Two people. So when you go to the very top of Isaiah there, the next morning you wake up, bam, that is Malkut of Isaiah of Yetzirah. And so guess what? You start your whole journey all over again, but now you're in a different world. Just like when you're in space, gravity works a little different than when you're on the ground. Different realms that you're in things change a little bit. So it's the same principle, it's the same names of the same sapphire stones, but they're the levels and the layers of the interior castle. Teresa of Avila taught and saw from her visions that God gave her that there were many levels, right? Her visions dealt with Malkut to Keter, and even in her book, she didn't understand that, she did not know those names She didn't understand sapphire stones. God gave her the vision in terms of the interior mansions, the interior castles. And the ones that she saw, they dealt with Malkut to Keter of Isaiah. But she was also shown in the vision that there were many layers and levels in each one. She wasn't able to expound on that because she didn't know. She was given the grace to write about interior mansions that she did not herself even make it into. It's a grace gift. You can have that experience, and many of you will experience a foretaste of the ones that you're going to go ahead to because God wants you to be somewhat prepared so you can pray, so you can study, so you can ask the questions. So you can ask God the questions, why? So you can learn to hear his voice because that develops your relationship with God. That's what this journey is, to know him. By the end of this journey, you're going to know him very well. Much more than you did when you started. It's about getting to know him. Less and less in. And as you go up, again, same thing. Asaya of Yetzira, Malkut to Keter, and then that layer that layer one of Yetzirah, that turns into a lightning ephod, just like we looked at. What I want you to do, and I want you to understand this, as soon as you get to Malkut of a new world, by faith, all of that uh, lightning ephod as one piece, that means they're all connected together. It's not a broken circuit. They're not separate. They're united like that by Shekinah, by lightning, mm. living waters, blood and water. By faith, you take it and raise it all the way up under you up into where you're standing. So whenever you go up to the next rung to the moon, 
let's say you go to the moon of Asaya Vyatsira, it's your first step, you know, you had to learn in your first world, the hardest step is the first one, because you don't know what you're doing yet, you're still getting, coming out of Black Melkut, you don't understand cosmic, the cosmic world and cosmic warfare, it's totally different. But you're starting to get used to it now. You, you've got experience under your belt. You take that lightning ephod and you bring it all the way up, up to the one that you're standing on now to support you with that lightning. This is something the Holy Spirit taught me. This is something I use practically on every level that I go to. And what that does is it's going to give you that boost of that electricity of everything that you've overcome together with God. To help power you to go to the next room. And so what's the point? It's not just racing up, but you do want to go up. It's good to go up as quickly as possible. Unless you're not actually getting sanctified. You're not actually getting the transfiguration. Then you're getting yourself into the worst possible situations. So you have to do it accurately and do it thoroughly. Hmm. But you want to use what you've got so far to use the wisdom of all the sapphire stones it's about gathering them together it's about mm. uniting your sapphire stones to be as one so that you can be one as jesus and the father are one as he said gathering the stones together to build a temple mm -hmm. living stones So that's what I was studying this morning and how the prescription of Jesus Christ to Moses was gather the onyx, gather the gemstones for my priests to build my sanctuary. Mm -hmm. So I think I posted that on Facebook actually. Wow. So the sanctuary, we're not building Solomon's temple, we're not building Moses' tabernacle. We're building the second coming of Jesus Christ, heavenly Jerusalem. We're building heavenly Jerusalem. And the stones of Moses' tabernacle are also, in Revelations, heavenly Jerusalem. The issue is, we've learned all the wisdom from the past moves of God. Now we have the wisdom of the ages, so we can build angelically in the second heavens. Let's see if I can find it. Here it is. Woo! Exodus. Oh, yeah. 25.1. God spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites that they are to set aside offerings for me. Receive the offerings from everyone who is willing to give. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? You know, the Lord was speaking. This is a, a place we need to disciple um, really American Christians, but all Christians, but this is a huge stronghold in American Christianity. They are good at giving to needs and to the poor. It's the most generous, generous nation in the history of the world, the USA, statistically. The USA is given trillions to good causes, okay? That's filthy regs. I mean, some good will happen, but I mean, the issue is you have to learn how to give into God's riches in glory, otherwise you're not giving it to God. And until you learn how to give into the riches of glory, and if you're just 
it's easier for you to give into a need or give to the poor or we're doing this, that, and the other thing. No, you need to hear this now. And if, if that's how the giving flows, that's how the sacrifice flow, need-based, flesh-based, poverty-based, that's antichrist. That is the evidence that your flesh currently rules over your spirit. You can live in your spirit after you're born again. You don't have to submit to the flesh after you're born again. You can be in that seed and grow up perfectly like Jesus because Jesus got a seed and you just grow up perfectly. Yep. So you have that at born-again conversion. When you're born of spirit and water, you can stay in that seed, stay in the roots, it germinates, grows, goes right up through the sapphire stones, and you're physically walking in to heaven, to God's throne, like Jesus Christ at age 33. So you can be perfect after you're born again, but people get messed up and go in every other direction except upward, and they're not taught right, and very few have revelation, so it's usually a huge mess. But now we need to understand his nature... And those are the areas he's going to refine you. And this is a stronghold in Christianity. He wants to refine you in Christ's nature to focus on the riches of his glory. Because these are all sapphires. No sapphires and gemstones, the ruby, the onyx, the diamond, all the prescriptions, the carbuncle, and all these things in there. These are the most valuable things in creation. Okay? Rubies are so expensive, a small ruby this size, guys, is even smaller than it, this size is 20 million US dollars. If you are to have a ruby in your hands this size, <laughs> the size of the high priest ephod, this big, guys, that's 20 million US dollars, okay? You are walking on entire worlds of gemstones. So these are the riches of glory. Now, you're down on the earth. You don't have the correct mindset, so you have to shut down your lying, deceiving forehead with the mark of the beast, which is Dot, the bone throne of Satan, influencing your senses to not think like God thinks. My thoughts are higher. He wants to make your thoughts as high as his thoughts. That's what discipleship is. So his thoughts are the riches of glory. When you sacrifice, I tell you the truth, you will never get any reward or any obedience unless it goes into his riches of glory because God is light. What is the word? God is glory. If you did not sacrifice into the riches of glory, God never got your tithe. God never got your offering. You gave it to the devil. You gave it to the Antichrist. We have to understand these things so that the temple can be built. That's why it's written, Receive the offerings from everyone who is willing to give. Exodus 25.1 These are the offerings. What are the offerings? These are the offerings. I want you to receive from them, Moses, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet material, fine linen, Basically, everything expensive and valuable in existence. Okay? In these days, these were the most valuable commodities in existence. Remember that now. Bronze, blue, purple, scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, dolphin skins. Better go get some dolphin skins ministries. Oh, buddy. We'll just leave that one on the shelf for now. 
acacia wood, lamp oil, spices for the anointing oils. This is getting expensive. Fragrant incense. You gotta go to the black market to get dolphin skins. You gotta be like Russian or something. You go into some of these Russians' limousines and they'd have blue whale interior. Oh, buddy. You get 20 years in prison for that in the U.S., but you need dolphin skins, I guess. All right, that's what the Bible says. Exodus 21. Blue whale skins. Acacia wood lamp oil, lamp oil, spices for anointing oils, fragrant incense, now here we go, onyx stones, that's really special, those go on the shoulders, and other stones, gemstones for setting in the ephod and the breastpiece, let them construct a sanctuary, so all the most precious things of the earth are to be given to the priesthood. Why? Why? Okay, here's why. To construct a sanctuary for me. To build my house that was torn down by Adam and Eve and Satan. That's why. To build my house among them. That I may live among them. That's why. That I, yad Hey vav Hey may live among them again. That's what was destroyed in the fall. And guess what? He is using his priests to rebuild what was fallen. Jacob's fallen down tent. Jerusalem's walls of Nehemiah. Today, the second heaven walls with living stones. Pearls for gates in the second heavens. Gemstones for foundations in the second heavens. Walking on streets of gold in the second heavens. That I might dwell among them. You, yes you, are to construct it following the plans that I've given you. The design for the dwelling and the design for all its furnishings. Mm -hmm. That's all the building of our new heavens. Mm -hmm. Amen. And certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was instead sent to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath, in the land of Sidon, and many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elisha, but the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. <laughs> when they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. That he is said, Jesus. not today, Satan. He said there were a lot of needy widows, which means there were a lot of people in need mm. financially. Right. And Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent to one widow, a foreigner. Mm. Many people needed healing. <laughs> a lot of heal. heal. God wants to heal everyone. No, God doesn't want to heal everyone. He said, you'll always have the poor with you. You can only give 
<laughs> and to those needy people, only if the Holy Spirit has given you the directive to give to that. Oh, well, I want to feel good because I'm giving to the poor and God wants I to teach bad. you obedience. You want to do works and do healings. Now, I can feel the charismatic demons <laughs> manifesting when you said that. Mm -hmm. That God, you know, the Bethel demon just really blew up brain cell at your head. Yeah, I hope so. I tell you oh, the truth now. Damage. Jesus would walk by leper colonies and just heal one guy. It's in mm -hmm. the Word. The reason why is because obedience is better than miracles. God has a mission. It's the obedience of ascending on these sapphire stones mm -hmm. of doing the will of God. You say well, God's will is to heal everyone. God says he will heal the nations by the leaves of the tree of life of someone who ascends. Right. Your idea of healing is demonic. Yep. The charismatic church's idea of healing is earthly, demonic. It is spiritual, mm -hmm. but it's demonic. Because you don't understand how the celestial tree of life produces foliage for the healing of everything below it. It's through the Sephirot that the earth is healed and brought into its original Garden of Eden state. How many religious Pharisees and Sadducees did Jesus Christ go around healing who attacked the Sephirot, who attacked the sapphire stones of his body? Zero. And who is everybody in the church age trying to heal? Religious Pharisees and Sadducees who attack the sapphire stones of Jesus' actual body. So what's wrong with you? You Oh, we want to heal all these people. Pray for my, my aunt. Pray for this. I'm not going to pray for them to be healed. Unless the Holy Spirit has compassion and mercy and says pray for them. How about this? Show them Joel's bar. Yeah, get them Are food. they in the hospital on their deathbed? Show them Joel's bar. They need to eat. And if they're not hungry, they hate God anyway. Yeah, there's no point. Why would I want to pray for them to be healed when they're only going to reject Jesus Christ? They need to, the, It's better for someone to suffer in the flesh in order that they come to repentance than suffer an eternity of hell. That's the compassion of God. Judgment is oftentimes that last aspect of his compassion and mercy he doesn't just go dole out judgment because he's just an angry person even the judgments that he doles out is from an aspect of compassion because that's who he is yep even saying Bethel demon <laughs> I said that in true compassion mm -hmm. for every single yep. one of those people that I love significantly it's better for people to face the truth while they're alive now while you're alive and breathing it's better for you to be forced to face the truth then later on, when you find out, and either you, all of your rewards are burnt, and you have nothing, and you barely get into heaven, or you think you've healed all these people, cast out demons, preached and healed the sick, and you go to hell. Is that love, then? <laughs> yeah. Confront them with the truth. That's why we need this army to raise up. Oh, I don't want to have confrontation. Do you want them to burn in hell for eternity? We because we were a coward. Stairway. Do you want your family to burn in hell for eternity because you're too much of a coward to stand up for the truth? No. <laughs> right. So it should be start to think eternally and start to think cosmically. It's not about the friction and the being nice. It's not about being nice. And it's not about being mm -hmm. zealous. Yeah. It's about being on the stairway of sapphire stones. Rise mm -hmm. on the mountain yep. and be there. It's about being there, it is written. Right. 
And if we can look at either one of the sapphire stone pictures, that either one that you feel. So here's the problem. Like he said, you can't just have zeal without knowledge. What is knowledge? Well, it could be bina understanding. Da'at is something that gets glorified. How do you? How does da'at work? You know, when you conquer the world of Asaya, the da'at portal is not open to the bone throne of Satan anymore because of the Shekinah glory. When the, when you rise and you gather the stones, the sun in the middle rises up through da'at and it burns all your carnal knowledge, even your spirit's knowledge. Mm -hmm. That first one, all the iniquity and what my spirit knows and I have a treasure house of revelation. Good for you, iniquity, sinner, you know. You know, that's all that is until you burn it up with the sun of righteousness. Nothing corrects doctrine like the stairway. Yeah, it, it'll burn it out of you, literally. That's why and you, you want this. This is, what, this is how you can be pleasing to God. When that sun of righteousness, when you go from sun of righteousness to Gevra, that's the onyx, right? The straps, the onyx castle, the onyx um, straps of the torso. And then you go to Hesed and you make that jump over that sun of righteousness blazes up through the middle as you go up and you gather the stones and it incinerates that that portal that's been open of that uncircumcised knowledge, unburnt knowledge. You burn it all up. So instead of to act apart from righteousness, to act apart from wisdom and understanding, apart from what Keter, the will of God, the problem with Da'at, the problem with Pluto, the, that's representing the knowledge of your brain, that bone throne of Satan, even in your spirit, man, right, your spirit, the layers of your soul, and your flesh, is that it's, it's separated. It's separated from the Holy of Holies. It was originally up there with uh, wisdom and understanding and the will of God. That's wisdom, understanding, and the will of God, right? Understanding, Bina. Wisdom, Hakma. The will of God, Keter. That's his lightning crown. That's where it comes from. His will. Bam. Lightning. Knowledge was never supposed to be separated from that. Knowledge about good and evil. So then Shekinah is just in exile in Black Malkut somewhere. Somebody singing Kumbaya and praise God, but I don't care to to do his will. It was about the separation. So when you incinerate that and it gets burnt up, knowledge is restored to the Holy of Holies. And that is what glorifies all that knowledge that leads you astray now. When you go up, it'll get burnt up as the mind of Christ becomes formed in your spirit and through your soul, and later on, through your brain, physically. The, I'm gonna say this, this is from my studies. The evil impulse of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, is known throughout all rabbinical literature of studying Torah as the opposite of true intelligence. Literally, that's what makes you dumb. Going after the lust of flesh makes you dumb. Well, why not with, you know, certain sorcerers and which covenants with demons? So then if you're a Christian and you make yourself dumb and dumb and dumber through lust, hmm. 
and even the high level lust that appears as purity, all right, on the right side of the tree, higher and higher, all the way up to Moloch's Hakma, it makes you dumber and dumber and dumber. But then you're a Christian, so you're not actively pursuing demonic contracts to give you skills, knowledge, and ability through demonic contracts because you're somewhat trying to serve God. You think you're trying to serve God. You're basically just the worst. Then that's why you have like the worst employees, the worst work ethic, the worst hygiene, uh, just all kinds of problems. And it varies person to person which demonic altars they're serving at. But they, the demons, they will literally treat Christians the worst because they hate you for wanting to be called after the name of Jesus for even having salvation. So you're not even getting, you're not getting any of the temporary false rewards that the worldly people get and they go after excellence, they go after money and mammon and all that. And they're in wickedness. But the demons tend to treat the Christians the worst. So not only are they in this horrible place of sinning against God, having iniquity, and then on top of that, being constantly abused by demons, constantly pissed on and defecated on by demons. It is literally the maximum shame to the name of God. How embarrassing. Like if your eyes could be open and just even see how bad that situation is in the spirit realm, you'll understand the tears of the Father. No, understand those stones, Malkut to Keter. Everyone knows those are rocks. Malkut is the rock called Earth. Keter, the rock called Uranus. The sun is a rock on fire. So they're all stones. Okay, that's why they're called sapphire stones. They're, they're stones. They're, they're manifestations of God's sovereign creation. But understand, Jesus Christ only taught and preached from on those stones. So when he says in Luke 6, 49, But if anyone who hears what I say and doesn't obey me is like someone whose house was not built on solid rock. As soon as the river rushed against that house, it was smashed to pieces. Jesus is saying, unless you are building on sapphire stones, the very river of life that comes down through them, will destroy you. You understand? He says, and there are rocks that you can fall on and be crushed, or the rocks will fall on you and smash you to pieces, it is written. What does that mean? You can either build on sapphire stones, or the same stones will eventually fall on you and completely destroy you. That is exactly what the verse says. So it is life and death in the building of all aspects of your life, mainly in time and finances. Because how you spend your time and your money will be what you build in your life. We want you to build in the eternal realm to be rewarded. Those who build on solid stone weather the storm. What storm? The storm of lightnings that come down from God. The storm of the second coming. The storm of the wrath of the Lamb. Forget about the storm of demons. 
Demons are only reactionary to what God's doing. Demons have never done anything. They only react to the thunder and the lightning of yad heh vav They don't come up and be like, oh, here's the demons. So that's not how reality works. All the principalities are reacting to the Prince of Peace. You know that? Because he's higher than them on the ladder. They're lower on the rungs. And they know that. That's why they hate him. Because he's stronger, better looking, more powerful, has a greater kingdom than all those princes that fell that now are in the heavens. Principalities and heavenly places. Ephesians 6. Jesus is higher than them. He's the ruler of the latter of them. So the sorcery of magic arts that's outside the city gates in Revelation, Jesus has a better thing going on in that city than all the counterfeits outside the problem is, is go out and bring them in because those that I invited, they never came. They never rose. They never showed up. They invented a Christianity down on the earth and they think they're right with me. Those that I invited never attended what I gave them. That's what Jesus Christ said in the red letters. Now, he has sent out a sovereignty, a predestined, foreordained company of righteousness in the morning of the third day to bring forth the celestial Jerusalem and its building and its sanctuary and its marriage carriage, the palaquin of Solomon, to make biblical realities into new heavens. Oh, can we show the lightning ephods again? Behold the palaquin of Solomon. It's the Shekinah pavilion. What makes it a Shekinah pavilion? You see that lightning? It's not just a Shekinah one stone. Shekinah is what unites them. The lifeblood. Mm-hmm. He poured out his blood. He poured out his spirit on all flesh. The earth is full of his glory. He wants this to be healed inside of you so that you can be reborn, Mm -hmm. remade into the image of God. Original creation, original design. And how can we be, that's good, how can we be a tightwad with what God wants to do to restore humankind, not just to, I can feel good to give, to some poor people here or there, but to give into this restoration of the fall of mankind. Forget about what your feels are. What does the Father want? Hasn't he cried enough tears? Hasn't he waited long enough to see his plan in the earth? And people don't want to give $1,000, $5,000. People don't want to give $20,000 into a ministry. Like, oh, why? You know, this and that. <laughs> You have to understand what God is doing. They were giving rubies. I was just about to talk about the rubies. Exodus 25.1, they were giving precious stones to the priests to build the sanctuary. Each precious stone, guys, you're not in the thousands and you're giving anymore. You're in the millions. And they were giving millions. They were giving billions. The priceless things that came into Moses, you got to hear this because... The Antichrist is in your Christianity. we got to get it out. The realities of the wisdom of Moses and the Lamb of Revelation 15 will drive Satan out of you. God's going to raise you up, even in the marketplace during these times, guys, 
where you're doing far beyond your capabilities up into <laughs> CEO level income. Amen. Do not settle for your animal's ability in the marketplace. That's a forfeited destiny. Your destiny is in divine ability in the gemstones. Yeah, your animal uh, nefesh gets leveled up as it goes up higher. You get the upgrades. Your appearance might start to change. Your intelligence changes. Your ability changes. Depending on what your calling is and your destiny, you'll be given an increase of certain skills and abilities. And the temptation at each one of those levels is to use it for your own self. Oh, well, I look, oh, I look cute enough now. Or I make enough money now. I'm smart. Like, oh, I can be smart now and I can talk to people and they listen to me. And You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep plowing? Stick to the plow mm -hmm. where God calls you. Do the job. And every layer that you peel off and you go up, it's always that temptation. Oh, my nefesh is much nicer now. You still got to... It's Even if you reach serpent level, it's a serpent on a cross, on a pole. Jesus, that's the life of Jesus. You keep the nefesh crucified. That's the healing. Now, the ruby... What was that? That nine carat one would be like ten million dollars, mm. and the priesthood one was what, like twenty million, approximately twenty million in value. I've seen fifty carat rubies, guys, in person. So I want to tell you carat ruby. I want to tell you this parable because you have to understand the value of what the father was willing to pay for you. So why aren't you willing to give into what the father wants to do? Can you give into the father? It's not about what you think it is about. I'm going to read you a parable here. This is about, so uh, the name of a red jewel, a carnelian or a ruby. You might find those words in there. There was, there was once a king whose only son was a source of enormous pride and joy. Then disaster struck. The young man contracted a mysterious illness, collapsed into a deathly coma, and none of the royal doctors could revive him. In desperation, a professor of herbal medicine was summoned to the palace. The specialist examined the boy and prescribed an unconventional remedy. Grind a 28 carat ruby gemstone to a pulp. Mm -hmm. If nine carats is $10 million, <laughs> <laughs> grind, he says to the king, grind a 28 carat ruby gemstone to a pulp and then mix it with several common herbs and mineral water and feed it to the boy. Many of the king's attendants heard the professor's words as quackery. <laughs> the rare and precious stone he had requested was the centerpiece of the setting on the king's crown. These skeptics felt that the king's crown should not be destroyed on the directives of a charlatan. Other officials contended that their king certainly wanted his court to attempt every possible cure regardless of cost or plausibility. The professor did not wait for the two groups to resolve their fight. He seized the crown 
tore out the jewel that was in its heart and crushed the stone into granules. After feeding the potion to the prince, the boy immediately opened his eyes and recovered fully. Hmm. <laughs> Priceless sacrifice. The heart of the crown of the father. Beyond the cost of a 28 carat ruby, how much more the life of Jesus how can you put a price on that? What he paid for your salvation, your restoration. Jesus paid the price. The Father paid the price. For you to be able to walk up. Let's look at the New World's chart. For you to be able to go up. He paid for you to go up this. Now, what are you going to sacrifice to make this known in the earth? That's the calling and destiny of this ministry. To reveal the way, to make straight the way of the Lord. This is it. His blood was not just spilled so you could just sin and die and barely get into heaven. His blood, his body was broken, his blood was spilled. This is my body that was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my blood poured out for you. Drink his Shekinah blood. If the sacrifice of Jesus means anything to you, you'll invest and steward the gold and the silver, the finances, into what the Father paid the price for, into what Jesus paid the ultimate price for. If you don't value the sacrifice of Jesus, you won't value the things of God that we're bringing here to you today. It's his vision, his mission, and it's what he paid for. He paid for you to have a way back to the Father. And everyone in the cloud of witnesses, what is it written about them in the New Testament? They're waiting for what? To be made perfect together with you. This is how. They're waiting for you. This is the way, now walk in it. Amen. Exodus 25, 1, we'll close with this. The Lord said to Moses, this is in the ERV, tell the Israelites, that's you, the Jacob of God, Galatians 6. You are the Jacob 
Israelites of God in Messiah. Tell the Christians, the Jacob of God, to bring me gifts to build my celestial sanctuary. You will accept, Moses, gifts for me from everyone who is willing to give. Here is the list of the things that you should accept from the people. And all of these have deep, rich, prophetic meaning. Gold, currency, cash, silver, bronze, abilities, volunteering, helps, liking and sharing, social media, proaction. It makes a difference. It really does. The algorithms respond to your likes and shares and promotes the Word of God in social media. And people don't understand that, but it's an act of spiritual warfare. Blue, purple, red, fine linen, goat hair. I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, kill the goat. (laughs) Arctic fox hair. There we go. Within my box. I don't want to wear goat hair. But um Hey, if we need you know what I just saw? Uh Jacob. Arctic Fox. I saw Jacob. Okay, give the goat hair to Rebecca. I'll take the goat hair. Snatch it from snatch the I'll stuff take, from Esau. Jack I'll, is I'll stuff. take the giraffe skins. <laughs> I got BB luxury perfumes gir- in my bag, so I'm hat. sure I can spruce it up a little bit. <laughs> Moses coming down the mountain. With horn-like appearance, those are giraffe horns. And swing by the front of uh, Joel's bar and spray the nice apple-smelling fragrance over the the goat hair so that uh, Isaac will think I deserve the inheritance. Ram skins dyed red, fine leather, acacia wood, oil for the lamps, spices. These are all abilities in the New Covenant symbolizing helping the apostles. Moses symbolizes in the New Covenant the apostle. So these are all the ways, and you can get your own rich, deep revelation, share it in the Facebook group, share it in the men's and women's groups, and share the ways that you can help your Moseses, your your Aaron's, your Joshua's, your Shadrach, Rebecca, and I to advance the kingdom, to build the celestial sanctuary, that we are commissioned by God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit to build right now with no delay. In Jesus' name, click the links in the description. Be blessed as you give, and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Glory. some other doors some more glorious doors (laughs) some doors that you've never considered before for I know the thoughts that I think toward you thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you unto my expected end and you'll go From glory to glory, 
You'll go from glory to glory. We'll go. Oh, we'll go from glory to glory. We'll go in the will of the Lord. Yes, we'll go from glory to glory. We'll go from glory to glory. We'll go from glory to glory. We'll go in the will of God. Oh, we'll glow from glory to glory. From glory to glory. Oh, we'll go from glory to glory. We'll go in the will of the Lord. We will go from glory to glory. Oh, we'll go from glory to glory. Amen, amen, amen. From glory. Yalla baba 